live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 7. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Season 3, Episode 7, Inflection in My Voice, Always and Forever. Yeah. Elisa is getting engaged in Aruba. In her butt. (laughs) Her butt (laughs) is engaging with something, all right? (laughs) It's disgusting. Oh, she's going to have a nice little show to listen to on her flight back. Uh, do they have internet there? Does she have internet there? In Aruba? Yes, I'm, I'm sure they have Where internet. is Aruba? <laughs> so Google there's it. this thing called just fucking Google it. All right. Yeah. Was... Or let me Google that for you dot com. <laughs> Actually, a little later in the show today, we are going to turn the focus onto Elisa. We're going to take some bets on various elements of her trip. You can mm-hmm. guess a couple of them already, I'm sure. By the way, neither of you uh, added questions to this, so while we're talking here, think up some questions. Okay. Okay. Your question in the show notes, where the fuck is Aruba, is not something we can bet on. No, but it's a question that needs to be answered. All right, well, we're going to put you on the case, Matt. When you figure it out, let us know. You don't have any questions either. Yeah, I I didn't ask about a geographical location of a place that I could easily look up on a world map. Laura, uh, to kick off the show today, uh, you want to launch a new segment here on the show? Yeah, so we call this little er like early show segment Shooting the Shit, because it's usually where we kind of talk about a couple of miscellaneous topics, maybe take some listener feedback, talk about the last week, etc. Well, I wanted to insert a new little sub-segment called Calling Us on Our Shit, um our listeners are our, s- <laughs> our listeners are so good at reaching out to yes. us to check us when we say shit that's wrong. And mm-hmm. a lot of that feedback is super valuable. I think it's valuable to us and I think it's also valuable to other listeners. So mm-hmm. I wanted to share a piece of feedback that we got regarding episode 5, so a couple episodes ago. And I wasn't sure if this person wanted their name shared so if you do just go ahead and reach out and we can give you credit for the comment but i didn't want to like jump the gun and share your name just in case you didn't want to so they said there were a few times during the episode where trans people were referred to as quote being born a boy or born a girl and that they had quote decided their gender was incorrect i absolutely understand the usage of those phrases but i have a few alternative suggestions for you and they went in, went on to say that trans already implies that somebody was assigned female at birth. So there's no need to state that somebody was born a boy or a girl. But that if you're looking for a substitute for that, you could say that he or she was assigned male or female at birth. And that that's just a more polite way of saying it. Um, that makes more, sense because yeah. the parents or the hospital assigned it. Yeah, well, I totally. Think, I mean, genetic, I mean, like physically they were assigned at birth. So... Like, mm-hmm. if, if a baby had a penis, like, that's a pretty good indication right. of what the sex is. Yeah. The, the Lord assigned you a penis. I think right. this plays into the confusion that a lot of us have, and myself included. I've had this, too. The confusion between gender and biological sex. So, like, male and female, at least as far as I understand, are are related to your biological sex, whereas being a boy or a girl is a totally separate thing. So, like, you can be biologically female but not identify as a girl or a woman. 
Um, and then finally, they just went on to say that I'd caution against using words like decision and choice related phrases, because just like sexuality, gender is not a choice. Okay, yeah. Well put. I think for the three of us and Elisa, it, it, the word, the right words to use and the right things to say to talk about the situation, we're just not fully trained on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I, I've learned a few things over the years about it, about talking about these matters, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to take a little time. So if we do make mistakes in the future, we apologize. Uh, but we're trying to learn. We yeah. do, of course, have an open mind. I really yeah, do. Totally. Res- I really respect the way that this person, whoever whoever they are, wrote to us because, mm-hmm. like, this is the way that you educate somebody on something that they are just not educated on. Well, you instead you of calling them, them a dumbass and blocking. Well, them. yeah, calling them yeah, calling them a bigot or a racist or some or you know, cisphobic. You you imply that you know you have you can give them alternative suggestions like this person did. Yeah. Well, and I think it's clear, too, that context matters. I mean, it would be an entirely separate issue if you had a podcast full of individuals who are clearly shitting all over the trans experience and didn't think that it was a worthy discussion to have or didn't think that it was actually a valid uh, way to be. And certainly none of us here on the show feel like that. And I think sometimes... We're going to fuck up when we say stuff. And I know I've caught myself fucking up on this topic. And it gets easier to catch yourself the more you see reminders like this, the more that you talk about these or the more that you have these kinds of discussions. So my hope is that it's only something that's going to get better over time. But I also hope that all of you listening don't feel shy about pointing it out if you hear it. Like, I, I know I would personally appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So thank you for that. Let's move on. Uh, we have a bunch of topics to talk about today. Let's stay. Uh, let's talk about pop culture for the moment. And you go to the movies this weekend? Nope. nope. No. I know I'm, you did. Yeah. Did you I was busy. finger banged in an elevator. <gasps> oh, saw, yeah. You I saw wish. Lego ba- Batman. <laughs> I saw Fifty Shades Darker oh. and also Lego Batman. Fifty Shades Darker. So I was a fan of Fifty Shades of Grey, to be honest with you. I know some people don't like it because of the way it portrays BDSM. Some people say that there is a scene that can be interpreted as rape. And um, it is. The- <laughs> but okay. anyway, go right. on. <laughs> that that's that's and if that's the case, then uh, that's shameful. Some people even say it's a shitty book. Oh, everybody says it's a shitty book. Oh. Uh, but I <laughs> like these movies just because they're a fun afternoon at the theater. You laugh. You laugh. You have a fun time. It's a dumb soap opera. And for that reason, I enjoyed Fifty Shades, Fades, <laughs> Fifty Shades Darker as much as I did Fifty Shades of Grey. I, I thought it was an enjoyable time at the theater. And, uh, I would recommend it for anybody who wants to laugh. It gets really soapy. At the end of it, like really, really soapy. And it sets up the finale. And to be honest with you, I'm quite excited for the third movie, Fifty Shades Freed, which will be out next February. God. You know, I just remember watching the first movie and falling asleep because it was so 
thoroughly unerotic. Like I'd never, <laughs> I'd never read the books. So, but I, you know, I'd heard excerpts from them. I've heard people who've read them talk about them. And I was going into it expecting some like full on porn. And yeah. it was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. So they have to walk the line between, I guess, showing too much so it doesn't get like X rated yeah. or something. I kn- so I'm assuming that the finger bang in the elevator, were, that's for Shifty say Shades Darker, right? That's not Lego. N- right. Um, yes. I don't want to see this unless I see a penis. Well, it's Do funny. Do we see a penis? There was a, there was a cut as of a month or two ago. Uh, I know somebody who saw it a month or two ago, and they said the peen was in it. And, and was it erect? And I can we don't have details about that, but it was a big deal because they didn't show the peen in the first movie. But then by the time it hit theaters, they cut the peen out. So I'm wondering maybe they'll save the peen for the third movie just to like give people something to look forward to. <laughs> I don't know. But you barely see am... his ass either. It's like half God, covered up. Yeah, what the fuck is with this country? <laughs> I don't even care about seeing the penis. I just want the fact that we allow male genitalia to be in movies. Yes, you <sighs> you only really see it on HBO, and even then, it's not too frequently. It's yeah, they're deflated and sad looking. <laughs> well, can we just be honest? Penises just aren't that pretty. Oh, <laughs> oh excuse me. Okay, they're just what not, you, Laura. You're just jealous. You don't have one. Vaginas are angry. I don't think so. I think it depends on the vagina. Mm, I've no. I've, I've never mm, seen one and been like, that looks beautiful. That's cute. <laughs> Go talk to Georgia O'Keefe. She can show you some renderings. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I know what they look like. Yeah. And they are very pretty. And they are not drawn to scale. You will <laughs> laugh out loud at Fifty Shades Darker. I, I that's that's that is my simple review. Uh Lego Batman also came out. Did you guys see slash like the Lego movie? Yeah, I did. No and no. Well, I no. guess just no, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. It Laura's like I am not gonna see it because I know I'll hate it. Yeah, it uh, it it, it Lego movie I liked a lot. Lego Batman. It was funny, but I and the, the animation is gorgeous. It's it's just a delight to to watch. But I don't know. I didn't love it as much as I did the original movie. The jokes kind of get got old after the first thirty minutes. There are a lot of different characters. It's it's great for pop culture com- um junkies. Voldemort is in it and actually has multiple lines. What? Uh, that fire eye thing from Lord of the Rings. Either so would be so sad if I didn't name it properly. The fire. Oh, eye you mean that giant vagina? That's you mean the in... eye of Sauron? Yes, yes, yes. That. That. Oh my god. <laughs> Ouch. Um, other villains too. Yeah. So so that was kind of cool. But other than that, like, good for a couple laughs. Will Arnett, I think, is amazing as Lego Batman. A lot of people say it's one of the best Batman movies in a while. Certainly better than Batman v Superman. <laughs> but yeah, it's a whole different well, world. How about uh the Grammys? Yeah, I watched it. What do you think? I know Laura watched it. So, I'm I'm going to defend myself now. I I did not watch the Grammys. However, in preparation for the show, I did go to YouTube and watch a few clips. To prepare okay. myself like a responsible host. That counts. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of like the awards in general. I just watch the Grammys for the performances. Right. 
it was so long. I think the it show was, was about so three long. and a half hours. I think at least three and a half hours. And it felt like forever. The performances, a few of them were definitely very good. There was a lot of references to the current political climate. Adele paid tribute to George Michael. She screwed up at the beginning. It was kind well, of no, interesting. She didn't, she didn't really screw up. Uh, the Grammys are well known to have a lot of like mic and audio issues. And last year she had this. Remember last year she had the uh, issue with the microphone hitting the piano, and then she couldn't really recover from that because she couldn't really hear the music in her earpiece. Yeah. So the same shit was happening again this year, and so she so she stopped about a minute in and. You know, she apologized. She said, I just can't do this again like last year and I can't mess this up for him. So that's why she restarted it because I watched it a couple times and the, the orchestra is like slightly behind her. I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good that she redid it as well. And it was kind of funny because like only Adele, I think, could probably get away with that. But Matt, you mentioned audio problems at the Grammys. The Grammys are known for audio problems. I mean, that's a bad thing to. <laughs> be known for yeah You're not it wrong is. but uh because gaga had or not got well when gaga performed with metallica the lead metallica guy's mic was off for the first minute or so so it was just gaga singing and they were trading mm-hmm. lines so that sounded bad i didn't i'm not sure that he even knew that his mic was off because it seemed like it but anyway uh bruno Mars also paid tribute to prince that was good i thought i love bruno mars so much I think he's he's a very talented a, person. I think he's sexy. He's a sexy little man. He was rocking the guitar, and of course, he had great vocals. He 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 embodied Prince. He I felt like I was watching on. Prince. He did he was great. And then the um, big awards came at the end of the night, and Adele won. And she was not happy about it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> she wasn't. What's true though? I mean, she. Everything that Adele said about Beyonce, she was just spot on about just how she keeps reinventing herself and how how revolutionary uh, Lemonade was. And it was just really nice to see Beyonce have some emotion. It was just really nice seeing a genuine connection between Beyonce and Adele. Yeah, I agree with Adele. I honestly think that Lemonade had a very profound impact on art and society, and particularly on helping black women to feel empowered. And Mm -hmm. 25 just isn't an album that does that. (laughs) So I totally agree. I don't think she should have won. It should have been Beyonce. Yeah. And Adele Adele brought up a good point backstage. She said, what does Beyonce need to do to win Best Album? Because that was truly an album. It was a cohesive story throughout the album. 25 wasn't that yeah nope that that statement also resonated with me because i thought immediately of the election like what does a woman have to do to get into the white house (laughs) to be president now i'll say something negative about beyonce i didn't really care for her live performance yeah but i mean she doesn't care she does not like the grammys because the grammys have never been good to her well then why does she perform there because she is nominated 
and she's Beyonce. So I I will give her credit for putting on a show. She always puts on a show at these events, like at the MTV Video Music Awards. She did and another show. It it included a lot of songs from Lemonade. It's just next level what she does. It's it's incomparable. But this one, I was like, okay, no one knows. I was like, okay, you're pregnant. You're pretending to be like a god. Uh, I just didn't really understand what she was trying to tell us. I'm sure she had she had a meeting meaning that was very well thought out, but I didn't really get it. And I think she kind of looked full of herself. Mm, I think when I mean, she was just giving a n- not really a performance, but also she was you know putting on a show. You know, it was very visual. It was from like her visual album. I thought it was like straight out of that that, that video. But um, and it yeah, made me love think drought. That- it, uh, what was the other song? I think it was mostly Love Drought that she sang. She may have sang, oh, Sand Castles too. Um, not, there were not songs that she sang on her, on her tour. These were, these are kind of the throwaway songs that most, not like diehard fans loved. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I'm not saying, and I'm, that's not a dig or anything. I'm just saying that she's probably a little tired of singing all the songs. Finally, uh, let's talk about a real artist, Katy Perry. She was also at the Grammys. She debuted her new song. It's called Chain to the Rhythm. Did you guys like it? I didn't hear like, it. Like, and I'm talking about the single in general. You haven't heard uh, it? People who have thought about this Katy Perry song believe that it's a um, it's commentary on the state of the country and fake news. For example, some people say that the line about looking through rose-colored glasses about is about fake news and believing everything you read. Which you know, if she's if if this is uh, some commentary she's making, that's kind of cool. I didn't really get that impression from the song, and I think the song is just fine. Yeah. I kind of agree with you on that. I think it's it's a it's a passable song, passable, passable. Not, I mean, presumably this is part of an upcoming album. I wouldn't call this like a great first single for whatever album is coming. But that said, I do really like Katy Perry. I like I mean, how she doesn't? looked. I liked her short blonde hair. It's a nice little change. Yeah. She's in hot water with the Britney Spears fans because she she was talking about Britney Spears for some reason. And she made a dig at Britney. She said, at least I haven't cut my hair off yet. And Britney stands are not happy because it sounds like Katy Perry is making fun of mental health conditions. And I have to agree with them. Uh, Prism was a great album. Was it? Yes, Roar, Legendary Lovers, Walking on Air, Unconditionally, Dark Horse, this is how we do I mean, there's so many hits on here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Valentine's Day. We're recording on Galentine's Day. This is the day before Valentine's Day, coined by Leslie Nope of Parks and Rec. It is a day where girlfriends hang out with each other and appreciate each other. Ignore the men in their lives. Oh, and yet, sad. I am here. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? What where are your Galentine's Day plans? Um mine's gonna be to go to bed early because I'm eighty years old. And are you doing anything special for Valentine's Day with your loved one? 
Uh, awkward transition there. Um, given, <laughs> <laughs> given what we're going to be talking about. Uh, no. Um, oh, Andrew. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus what? Christ. What? Uh, so, no. Um, what I am going to be doing instead, actually, a PSA. Uh, don't don't want to take this like down too much, but a couple of weeks ago here in Atlanta, um, a young man by the name of DeAndre Phillips was murdered by the Atlanta Police Department, and they won't release the tapes from the shooting. So on Valentine's Day, I'm actually going to be going to City Hall and helping them storm it and demand the tapes. Oh, well, that's that's cool. That's yeah. good. Yeah, what are you doing? I was <laughs> I was trying to get Laura into uh revealing her news, but okay, I'll go first. Uh I won't be doing anything for Valentine's Day because my boyfriend and I we broke up a few weeks ago. Oh. Yep, it's true. Uh it's not news to Laura, Matt or Lisa. Uh but the relationship so- sort of just ran its course and I I I wasn't really happy in it anymore. He's a great person. He's he's a fantastic person. There's really not much wrong with them uh certainly nothing that would cause a normal person to break up with him but uh it was it was pretty much mutual and we're friends and he's coming over after this recording and we'll probably fuck just kidding we won't (laughs) fuck because that would be weird yeah Uh, but everything's fine yeah and and hashing it out today, by the way, uh, Laura and I talk extensively about OkCupid. So. Yes, we do. Yeah. Let's... So in case you can't tell, I, I am also recently single. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I think we're actually going to be talking about that later on in the show, though, right, Andrew? We're going to talk mm-hmm. about breakups uh, that happen, you know, the week before Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, God. I didn't even realize we were talking about this later in the show. When did this get in here? You literally oh, yeah, said you literally in said the chat. That. Well, Do you I not meant, remember this? No, no. I meant, we would, I meant we would talk about it in shooting the shit here where I already have Valentine's Day marked down. Well, and wait, see? wait. No, no, no. You made me take out my discussion and put it in After Dark and you were like, we can talk about my breakup instead. Right, but we wouldn't designate it as the main discussion today. Well, All right, everybody, ha- for our main discussion, we're talking about being <laughs> newly single. Okay, well, no, then- I thought, yeah, no, this is going to happen. I've been practicing my Dr. Phil voice yeah, all day. Yeah, also, <laughs> that means this. we don't have a main discussion. <laughs> we don't need a main discussion. Let's just be loosey-goosey. Come on. All right, all right, well, discussion. Okay, all right. What is this, well, Muggo cast? The- all right. The I just want to answer the question that everyone's thinking, mm-hmm. listening to this right now, and- <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not single, guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, you are not single. Okay. I did. No, I am still taken. So, okay. sorry, guys and girls. So, so what are you doing um, for Valentine's Day? I'm actually not doing anything on Valentine's Day. Uh, but the day after Valentine's Day, I'm going skiing. No. Oh. For the for the first time, I'm gonna learn how to ski. I'm going. <laughs> I have a big ski trip next month. With my boyfriend's family for uh, about about a week, and I've never skied before, so my boyfriend is taking me up Northern California to his aunt and uncle's house in Lake Tahoe, oh. and I'm going to learn how to ski there. 
Oh, family's house. So I don't embarrass myself. Oh, week-long skiing vacation. Sounds great, Laura, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, speaking of Lake Tahoe, have you guys been hearing about this uh, this evacuation that's been happening in Northern California? Yes. Yeah. About this dam? Yeah. Lake Tahoe is less than like 100 miles. Like, it's the county right outside all the evacuated counties. Well, cool. We'll be able to touch on that in today's After Dark because we're actually going to be talking about natural disasters and extreme weather in response to a lot of these kinds of stories we've been seeing over the last couple weeks. So we're talking about natural disasters and your single life. That's right. (laughs) I was just going to make a joke in there. Global warming ended my relationship. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty easy transition. I would definitely describe my relationship as a natural disaster. A beautiful one as well. Uh, (laughs) Just like that 311 song. Oh yeah, let's let's talk about uh, Elisa since she's not mm. here. We can talk shit on her and her happy life. Beautiful disaster from three one one. Now I gotta hear this really quick. This isn't the song I was singing, was it? Yes. Oh, it is. Let's go! the <laughs> I think Andrew you need to listen to more heavy metal stuff. Andrew, this is why you're single. <laughs> because like you know the words he, to that. When he heard me recording that a, a couple months ago. Anyway, he's so like, we need to talk. Elisa is in Aruba, and I wanted to take some bets that I'm going to write down, and so we can ask her these questions next week and get the answers. Uh, first question, and we're all going to write down our answers. Is she going to take it up the butt? Okay. From her man. She's not had anal before. We learned last week that we know he wants to because I believe in Elise's words, quote, he's a man. I'm going to say that our discussion last week and the pressure we've put, been putting on Elisa, I'm going to say that, that yes, yes, she, uh, she will take it up the butt. I think she will too. Okay. Laura, le- yes. How about you, Matt? Um, I think I think she's I think her boyfriend's gonna take it up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt says no, but her boyfriend will take yes. it up the butt. All she's right, she's gonna pull an M Night Shyamalan. All right, question two: Will she get engaged? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no, no. I'm gonna say yes. I'm going to say yes. It was my idea, after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, we also learned last week that she's going to be swimming in the water there. She's like, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, she's like in a hut that's surrounded by water. Will she swim nude in the Aruba waters? Yeah, I think so. She does that, like, at her house on, on that river. Remember? Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, she totally swims naked in there. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> So, yes, Matt? Yes. Mm-hmm. I will say yes. Okay. Um, next question here. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, just to just to differ from you two. Okay. Okay. Laura, what's your next question? Oh, I was joking about this one, kind of. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we should skip it. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about, so yeah, I don't pro- either. Yeah, it's probably better that way. <laughs> It's one of those too soon jokes. Just think about okay. Aruba and, and you'll probably get it. Um, anyway. <laughs> too soon. It was 12 years ago. I just Googled it. <laughs> uh, All right, but, monster. 
Matt, <laughs> I think you had but, a question. Yeah. So uh, the the next question is: Will she get a disease? Absolutely. She. Yeah, I, I made it pretty broad. So. Yeah, I vote for. I think she's going to get two. I think she's definitely going to get dengue. Um, and then probably, probably yellow fever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say uh, she's going to get no diseases. I like to think she can take care of herself. I I think she might get a disease. Okay. I know her. <laughs> um, And then my, my final question is, will she be involved in a threesome or orgy? Maybe just like a group, you know. Um, Maybe they just bring someone back to their hut and... No. Um, I'm gonna the say no. Start flowing. I think it's weird to have a threesome right after you get engaged. So I'm I'm putting mm. down no. I just don't think I can't see Brian being into that. Her uh, significant other. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna oh, say okay. no. Yeah. We we uh, should. I want to say yes. I don't know how many, but I'm just gonna say yes. <laughs> we should we should it's ask her. Actually, uh, my week. same answer to the diseases question. I don't know how many. <laughs> But I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of one and the same. The two questions. Okay, you might get a disease from the orgy. Okay, well, I have all these written down, and we will review next week with Elisa. I look forward to hearing her answers. Let's move on to some listener feedback now. Laura, why don't you take the first one? Sure. This one comes from Matt. Matt says, "Hey." On your last He's episode, on the show. why would he? Do- <laughs> yes, but this needs to be said. Okay. <laughs> Matt says, "Hey, on your last episode, you all talked for a bit about clubbing and how you're all quote too old for that shit." Well, I think you've been going to shit clubs. I'm one of those people who love electronic music, and the only place you can really enjoy it is at a club or festival. I've never been to a mainstream club, but I absolutely love going out on weekends and have been two nights in a row. I usually go with friends, but I've been alone many times. In the electronic music scene, everyone is very welcoming at clubs, and you end up having a great time regardless. I've come to meet really great people who happen to go to the same university as me, and if I ever go alone, I know we can meet up at the venue. There's even this old guy, like 60, who everyone knows because he's at practically every event dancing way better than any of us millennials. So if you're sick of clubbing, I challenge you to try going to one of those, quote, boots and cats clubs and just enjoy yourself. Maybe get into a shuffle circle and show off your moves. You know, um, I think this is a lot of good feedback here. I do. I can get down at the club when I am drunk enough. I do enjoy dancing. I just got to be in the right mood. I guess I have to be pushed into it. What's Matt, this music? I've also heard that people. It's some EDM. Oh, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't call this like hardcore EDM, but it's okay. the first thing on the sounds EDM like, house playlist. Sounds like DDR. <laughs> every, time I, every time I hear EDM, I, I get like a taste of vodka soda in my mm. mouth mm-hmm. because that's what everyone orders when they're at a club. Um, I, I want to know how old Matt is, first of all, if he's in his, if he's in his younger twenties, then of course, like that's, this totally makes sense. Um, but also we're weird. We're not like normal people. Yeah. We are 
young people, well, not so young anymore, but we've spent the vast majority of our (laughs) youth (laughs) hidden behind computer screens and microphones talking about Harry Potter. But again, I've had some... Again, I've had some times where I really have enjoyed the club. Like, the last time I really, really, really enjoyed it was in London, actually, in June. And it was a gay bar, and I was drunk on a lot of screwdrivers. And I just, <laughs> I could not remember having so much fun in a while. The music was right. They actually played good music over there. Um, when I was in Chicago last year at a gay bar, I, I'm forgetting the name of the place, but they were doing Beyonce night. And that, again amazing time if they're playing the right music if it's music i know if it's great 90s or early 2000s music i'm there yeah i will say i enjoy gay bars and clubs i think those are the only kinds of places that i still have fun at um apart from that the thing is is that i uh, there are i have so many exceptions there are so many times when I've had an amazing experience at at gay clubs and bars because, I mean, I don't go to straight bars. Why the fuck? And it's just, I don't, it's not like my first go-to when I want to have fun or something. Like, if mm-hmm. I have an option to do other things, I'm not going to pick going to a gay club as, like, my top choice. Mm-hmm. Or just going out. Yeah. That's all. My brother is about to turn 21, and he's coming out here in March, right after his birthday, like days after his birthday, and I'm going to take him to gay bars and clubs. <laughs> he's never been to any of that shit before, so <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. That will we'll be see. fun. I can't believe your brother is almost 21. I know. In I my know. in my head, he is still that small child I know. plastering himself in muggle net stickers. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be so cute as a little kid. I don't I know what know. happened. He uh, he uploads a lot of old stuff to YouTube. Like he finds his old video VHS tapes. I was watching some the other day. He he he. he I, I I was thinking while I was watching this, it might be a weird thing to say, but he's always been very confident in himself and his sexuality. <laughs> like he will happily talk about guys and like dance gay and stuff like that. He's not one of those people who's like afraid to act too gay or something like that. Uh, I, I, I admire him for that. That's awesome. Aww. Yeah. Anyway. Is he gay? No, no. Okay. He's, he's got a, he's got a, a girl right now. They're, they're just friends though, but they're like super close. Are My family's fucking? like, Ryan, she probably wants to be in a relationship. You know, cause yeah, that's sometimes. She probably does. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I don't know. You guys hang out only all the time. Anyway. One more email here. This is from our friend Sarah. She says, hey, guys, you talked on last week's episode about data on how many LGB people there are. I don't have a strong answer to this, but I'll say data collection is complicated and a few things have been tested. First, behavior is different than identity. Some people have same gender gender attraction or behavior and don't identify as anything besides hetero. They can also identify as any label, but behave as hetero, i.e. bisexual, but currently with other sex partner." internalized biphobia can be a part of why people identify as hetero on forms even when it isn't accurate second for a while researchers thought and still kind of do that millennials are beyond lgb labels 
The thought was people were identifying less but still existing in those communities or exhibiting those behaviors. This is either because of the refusing to label movement or labeling as something other than LGB, etc. Data is also made more complicated by so many things, but particularly gender. LGB are very binary and gender labels. Same gender attracted other gender. Same gender attracted other gender. What about people who identify as no gender or more than one gender? This makes surveys and data collection more difficult to capture how many people really are LGB or Q or other sexual identity labels. Sexuality is weird. Emphasis on that last part. Yeah. 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 I think this, I, I love Sarah's explanation on this. I think we touched her on her point really briefly. But this is pretty much the what I was trying to say. But this is actually, you know, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah, as always. And uh, I will say, though, uh, if I, I think the majority of, of people still will identify as L, G or B, they won't mm-hmm. say, oh, no gender at all i think i think there's a trend we are moving in that direction or we Mm -hmm. may go beyond genders but for now i think the data that we were talking about the other day i would assume that most people are identifying as one of those three yeah and the and the data is uh emphasized that this was people who identified as being lgbt not who actually are okay so there is a difference all right Okay. Good, Laura. Uh, so now we're going to move into our new segment, uh, Tracking Trump. I think we need to come up with uh, a little intro audio for this, something that sounds yeah. really ominous. Um, Tracking Trump. But this was actually Elisa's idea. She thought that maybe in order to isolate some of the bullshit of the Trump administration from the rest of the show and keep us from feeling like we're going absolutely crazy trying to talk about all this, we're going to devote just... 10 minutes per episode. Try to cut it down. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. Um, and if you don't want to listen to it, just skip 10 minutes yeah, from now. Yeah, just fast forward. Um, so... There, I'm how's sorry. that? A little tracking sound. There, there we go. <laughs> I thought Russia was hacking us again. So, anyway, um, just this past weekend, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals... Uh, upheld the suspension of Trump's travel ban, a.k.a. the Muslim ban. This was a unanimous vote, so three to zero to deny Trump's appeal. And one of the judges on this court is actually a George W. Bush appointee. The other two are one's from Obama. The other was from Carter. Um, So it really looks like Elisa was right. Seems like this might make its way all the way to the Supreme Court. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Well, Elisa is a genius, so I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that she ended up being right. I think um, it was – I felt a sense of joy mm-hmm. when the Ninth Circuit struck it down um, because it felt like a victory for Hillary Clinton voters. Mm-hmm. Just like a <laughs> F you, told you Trump was an idiot. I just I, – I, it almost felt to me like Hillary, Hillary won. And yeah, she did tweet. Except she didn't. <laughs> no, except she didn't win. But she did tweet. She tweeted quite simply, three hyphen zero, referring to that unanimous vote. Yep. Mm. That was a pretty oh, good moment. And then moment. a wave of I'm still with her tweets. I happened. know. I know. I loved it. 
It was like the ultimate dick slap to Trump. Yeah. It was like a big, like someone just took a big stamp and just stamped, we're still here on his forehead. Yeah, totally. Uh, and of course, in response to this, our dear uh, Mango Mussolini in chief tweeted, see you in court. The security of our nation is at stake. In, in all, all caps. caps. In all caps. Uh, and of course, the Twitterverse was very quick to point out to him, bro, you were just in court. You twice just there twice and you lost twice <laughs> and we can read this we can see you doing yeah this. exactly you are the president uh so unreal. he hinted that there he may introduce a new order this week that that actually will <laughs> be upheld in the courts uh, so a friendlier version if you will so expect that sometime this week and then it remains to be seen if they will actually continue fighting uh, this decision for the original executive order. Trump doesn't like to lose, so he probably will push it. But on the other hand, he could just forget about it, let us all forget about it, and introduce this new executive order. And then he doesn't have to face potentially losing against the Supreme Court. I'm just wondering what a friendlier version of the Muslim ban looks like. Well, we won't use those words Muslim ban again. That's for oh, sure. Oh, okay. So it's, oh, are they only going to ban like one variety? Like, is it going to be just Shia Muslims or just Sunni Muslims? Like, what's going to be uh, the Trump, breakdown here? Trump is determining how many colors are going to be uh, barred from entering this country. That's Got the you. To be okay. Determined. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he won't mention how they're going to prioritize Christians either. I think that uh, didn't go over well the first time. Well, he'll keep saying it until it does. Yeah. Mm. I did want to point out, just because we did mention the possibility of this going to the Supreme Court, one thing to consider is that the court gets to decide which cases they're going to hear. It's not like cases are thrust upon them and they're forced to do it. Um, So my question is, would the court even hear this case? Because there are already a number of previous SCOTUS cases that have already set the precedent for this ban being unconstitutional. Um, And just to give you the names of those, that's um, Zedvidas versus Davis in 2001, Sanchez versus United States in 1973, and Wong Win versus United States in 1896. That's right. There was a case as far back as 1896 that showed that immigrants and people residing here regardless of their legal status are protected by the constitution so i i just don't know if they're even going to want to hear this what will happen though will they just reject it and the case will get thrown out no so if they if they don't take a case i believe it goes down to whatever court is beneath them and off the top of my head i can't remember what that the name of that is Mm. but yeah okay so i just something to consider to throw out there um and not automatically go into panic mode because we still currently have a deadlocked court (laughs) but you know we'll see um but anyway to move into some funnier news matt tell me a little bit about melissa mccarthy and alec baldwin well Writing off of this positivity, um, special thanks to the return of Melissa McCarthy as White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer and Alec Baldwin's record 17th outing as host, Saturday Night Live has not, has notched its highest rating in six years. Nice. Saturday Night Live, um, 
they've been doing a decent job. The the episodes can be hit or miss. Obviously, Alec Baldwin's Trump has been very good. I think it's been overshadowed by Melissa McCarthy's Sean Spicer. The the brilliant part about the Sean Spicer portrayal is that a woman is playing him and you just know that that drives Donald Trump up a wall. Yeah. And uh there've been a, there's been a lot of support to see Rosie O'Donnell play Steve mm-hmm. Bannon. Uh she's completely on board with it. She even changed her picture, her Twitter profile <laughs> picture to an excellent Oh, she changed it back. Boo. It Boo. was it was her face photoshopped within Steve Bannon's head. It was it, it, it was perfect. And um so so all the credit to Melissa McCarthy. I was shocked that she came back for a second week in a row. I figured we would get her again, but not this soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I I mean everybody is totally up to doing this because you know everyone hates Everyone hates the president right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that Anything Melissa also needs to strike while the iron's hot because I have a feeling that Sean Spicer is not going to be the press secretary for too many more moons. True. So they got to get those uh, impressions and cold ends up in while they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good that that is a good point. Yeah. And maybe not even him leaving but him just getting his shit together he may get better at this and no. there won't be as much to make he's, fun no, of he's I, not going I, to. He, he can't get better I mean, how old is he now uh, well, no, that's not the point I mean, he just he, has he more practice fighting the press and he, no no this well, guy tweets his passwords and he d- still doesn't have his Venmo account locked down I okay, sent him well, a request for $176,000 the other day and I keep reminding him to pay me my money <laughs> And his account is still public. Hasn't your dad accidentally tweeted his password? Hasn't your dad not locked down his Venmo account? No, No, he hasn't. And also, my dad does not work for the office of the president. So it's not really relevant. And he doesn't have a Venmo account. Fake news. Fake news. (laughs) I love Sean Spicer. I think he is a fantastic press secretary. It's a tough job, actually, in all seriousness. Obama went through a couple of press secretaries. It's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. It's not Uh, uncommon. It's especially a lot of work to be Trump's press secretary, too. It's really not uncommon for presidents to go through a couple of press secretaries. And that's part of the reason why I don't think Sean Spicer is going to be around for too long. But the other part is that he's just fucking terrible at his job. Yeah, I think he just bit off a little more than he could chew. Yeah. And he chews a lot. <laughs> and finally, um, in the last piece of tracking Trump for today, uh, over the weekend, White House policy advisor Stephen Miller uh, was on some of the Sunday talk shows. And he said something really fucking disturbing that I think is reflective of the tone of this presidency in talking about uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals striking down Trump's appeal to lift the ban. He said, our opponents, the media, and the whole world will soon see as we begin to take further actions that the powers of the president to protect our country are very substantial and will not be questioned. Um, that is, (laughs) but like, also like, this is just like some dystopic nightmare shit right here. This is literally straight out of the third Reich playbook. I just cannot drive that home enough that 
I know Trump does a lot of crazy shit, and sometimes we're going to cover it on the show because it's funny. But this is also stuff that we need to be paying attention to because the real demons are the people that are standing behind him and using his antics to distract us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking of SNL, they have been playing, they've been making, they have a character, I guess, what would you call him? Like the Grim Reaper kind of? Some sort of like demon? Steve Bannon. Yeah, on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As the Grim Reaper. It's like, you don't even see uh, uh, Steve Bannon. You just see the Grim Reaper. It's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, you're you're right, Laura. And he, prior to becoming a, a policy advisor in the White House, having this high position, of course, he was running Breitbart. When everybody found out that he was going to have a role in the White House, we all shit our pants. And, but during the Breitbart era for him, he was making similar comments mm-hmm. in interviews when he was talking a lot more. So everybody knows what he's up to. So at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> at least we all know he's terrible. <sighs> At least, at least we're not having that conversation where people are saying you're you're misinterpreting what he's actually saying. Like he, what he's saying is not what he means. Yeah, no, like, they don't nope, even give a nope, fuck at this not point. Anymore. They literally don't give a fuck. So yeah, uh, welcome to the hellscape that is America, guys. Um, and so now to take us out of this fuckhole that we're in, Andrew, I think we have some AP choices. Yeah, well, in this part of the show, we do have the main discussion slotted in for <laughs> Valentine's Day, but I uh, we did already speak about it, so to hell with you two and this weird addition into the show, just deleting that. Okay. Hey, oh, I'm actually, just following directions, dear leader. <laughs> I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention something. I meant to mention it earlier during the Valentine's Day section. Tomorrow, Valentine's Day, Burger King is offering an adult-only Valentine's Day meal with a different kind of toy inside. Listen to this. You're going to get two Whoppers, two packs of French fries, two beers, and a romantic adult toy inside. What? Yeah. Nuh-uh. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. See, here's my question. Like, what I want to know the number of single people who like pull through the drive through and get that and then make some like awkward comment about like, oh, yeah, I'm just taking this home to the missus. And, you know, like <laughs> and and the poor drive through cashier is just like, I know you're going home alone. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. <laughs> why Israel? I don't know. Uh, they're smart over there. That's why. Huh. And and the toys too. One's like a like a tickle feather duster. One is uh, one are eye shades that you just put over your, oh, your eyes. That's lame. And a and a head massager. One of those like little prinkly things that you push down on your prinkly head. things. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I do. about. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It looks uh, like a whisk. I actually do have plans on Valentine's Day. One of my friends uh, and I are going to get dinner, and he promised me. Now, this is the way to my heart, so listen up. He promised me there would be a live performance of Bruce Springsteen's Harry Potter song, I'll Stand By You Always. So, it's going to be romantic. Oh, God. Let's move on Fun. to AP Choice now. <laughs> this is uh, this first one is from Brianna. She says, I know we're all young, but if you could go back and redo one year of your life, what year would it be? What would you change and why? And if you're wanting a more positive vibe, if you could relive the best year of your life so far, what year would it be and why? Ooh. 
as somebody who's newly single, um, I don't know if you two saw my Facebook, but I am uh, seriously considering moving out. Oh, Laura, you did. Mm-hmm. Seriously considering moving out of Southern California and living somewhere with a lower cost of living where I could also buy a condo or something similar. And I guess if I don't have any particular year where I'm like, I regret that year. But um, actually, you know what? I take that back. 2015 was kind of rough for me uh, business wise. I had a lot of stuff to figure out. And even going into 2016, because I was battling this anxiety, which became became crippling. So th- those two moments uh, between 2015 and 2016 were rough. I wouldn't necessarily do them, say, do them over. But in hindsight, maybe instead of spending nine years in California, maybe I should have moved out a little bit earlier and <laughs> bought a house sooner. <laughs> That's my best answer. Hmm. I, I just would, know I can't waste uh, money on rent anymore. Sorry. Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have to agree with Andrew. 2015 was a rough year for me. Just like personally, professionally, educationally, like it just, it all fucking sucked. And, you know, looking back, I think that I had a lot of opportunities available to me, but I was just struggling so much with all of these different parts of my life that I didn't get a chance to take advantage of them. And looking back, I really wish that I had gotten help for things like my anxiety so that I could live my life to the fullest while I was having this experience of living in New York and being in grad school and everything. So yeah, I would go back and redo that. But I still don't think that that's like a substantial or a substantial terrible regret. You know, if that's my only regret so far, I think I'm doing okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're doing fine. In terms of anxiety and getting mm-hmm. get taken care of sooner, I completely agree with you. Like one of the best things I learned last year, it's so simple, but I needed to learn it. It's just it's okay to go and get help for problems that you see in your life. Like I was just trying to avoid it for so long, avoiding getting help. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just thought I could fix it on myself by myself. And it came to the point where I just could not anymore. I finally cracked. Yeah. But Laura, I, you said 2015 was bad. I'm glad we entered your life with Millennial in mm-hmm. that year and turned it around for you. I'm glad you entered me too. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm going to now. <laughs> I'm going to break hey, that we're IUD. S- we're single now. Woo! Do you want, I mean, if you want to talk about, you want to try it, you know, that'd be a good Woo-hoo! No, uh, I don't want to talk try about it. A, a redo. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what, what would you say is the best year that you would like to no relive? no 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 it's your it's your turn to answer now we oh, answered already you. i answered it you didn't listen i will probably say i you know what i'll probably say my senior year of high school i think mainly f- echoing a lot of what you guys said um i think that would have been a very opportune year for me to you know uh, get help for my depression and my anxiety and to just, I would like to redo a lot of the things that I never did because I was so, uh, I was, cause I was just very depressed, uh, during it where I was pretty lost. And I think had I, had I done, had I seeked help, I probably would have turned out, um, a lot better a lot earlier in my life and been more driven to do things mm-hmm. so 
Mm. Yeah, I, I one of the reasons that I had to become single again is I just don't really feel alive anymore, and it's not Mike's fault, but I, uh, I, I need some change right now. I need some newness in my life, and uh, there wasn't really much exciting happening with Mike as as well as we worked together. So, um, so yeah. Let's move on to another one. This is from Brandon. He says, I know the last thing you need is another political topic to cover, but this has me intrigued. Jason Carter, former Georgia state senator and recent contender for Georgia governor, a race which he sadly lost. Laura, I know you feel my pain. Retweeted <laughs> racist white nationalist Richard Spencer's heinous, heinous Super Bowl tweets with a fuck you. That's a quote. Initially, it was refreshing, albeit off brand for seemingly mild mannered Senator Carter. He surprisingly received very little backlash for his word choice. For his word choice. I suppose my question would be, is this how we want these battles fought? Is it acceptable? Is this still the high road? I'm not condemning his actions or word choice, but where do we go from here? I think we're finding that out right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I saw this as well. And I was kind of into it, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that... <laughs> I think that... And just to read the tweet to you, by the way, um, and this is a quote from Pr- Richard Spencer, Brady and Belichick are about to win bigly for Trump, the alt-right, and white America. God. Yeah. So, it, I, like, I'm sorry. Fuck you. That's way more offensive than Jason Carter saying, fuck you. And I kind of, I kind of get where he's coming from because you can't teach somebody how to empathize with other people like if it's become clear that an individual doesn't give a shit about other people there's no discourse to be had with that person there's no high road to be taken i think and that's what the democrats (laughs) need to do because this is why the democrats have been losing a lot of their battles with the republicans is because they want to take the higher road but they're not but but the republicans are not doing the same for them and they're winning so we we got to be kind of dicks now, you know? Yeah, fight fire with fire. I think there's a place for this every once in a while. If he started doing this all the time, like that would just be unprofessional. No. But, but he's not. Right. I know. That's my point. Oh, yeah. So so issuing an occasional fuck you is is fine. Fight yeah. fire with fire. Let's see Bernie do it. Let's see see Hillary do it Ugh. once. That that'd be kind of cool. Oh god, if she did that during the race, man, she'd be lady yeah well let's let's also point out the fact that she was able to fight fire with fire by using more creative language than fuck you (laughs) yeah but see middle america doesn't like that we like simple yeah they don't understand those those big ten dollar words she didn't she didn't say that she called trump putin's puppet that was a good one that was a very you're the puppet (laughs) you're the puppet You're the and puppet. one more. This is from Heather. She says, since the book club fizzled out, could you guys do a book recommendation <laughs> every once in a while? Maybe talk about your favorite books or if you happen to read something out of the norm that ended up being a great read. Mm. What yeah. happened with the book club? Just too busy? <laughs> so it was it was a combination of things, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I definitely got busy, but also the engagement with it was fairly low. Um, so that kind of made it difficult to keep the momentum going, not like blaming anybody. Um, it's just that people have busy lives and schedules. Um, but yeah, I'm actually reading a biography of Ernest Hemingway right now. Super interesting. 
Um, I was, oh. I was in the Keys a couple weeks ago and I went to the Hemingway house and, um, my tour guide recommended this one particular biography. It's supposed to be, uh, like the best one and it's called Living Without Consequences. And it just gives you a really good, um, sneak peek into his mind and you really learn about just how mentally ill he was and about the mental illness that ran in his family. And and you're looking at this from the, the perspective of 2017, and we have such a better understanding of mental health now, but you're looking back and you're seeing all these signs and you're like, wow, nobody had any idea back then. And so he was just like trapped in this prison of his own mind. So yeah, it's it's a super interesting read. I would highly recommend it. Is it a big book? It is. It's like a thousand pages. Yes, it's a large book. <laughs> I haven't done a lot of reading lately. I wish I was doing more. But what I do love, I've I've loved it for a few years now, is gay fiction. Yeah, we know. And right now, <laughs> right, I'm not talking about Fifty Shades level. I'm talking about love stories, coming of age stories. Mm-hmm. And I gotta be honest, it's getting a little boring kind of reading the same thing. It's always like an in the closet thing. But I just started reading one over the weekend called Honesty by Seth King. And I'm enjoying it so far. The first book that I read gay fiction wise was Something Like Summer. And I would definitely recommend that one. Um, it's spawned a whole series. It's by Jay Bell. It spawned a whole series. I think there's like eight books now. And, uh, but the first one's the best. First one's the best. Uh, so I do like gay fiction and actually, Somebody else recommended to me a a a gay crime series, and there's like eight or nine books, and apparently it's really good, and there's sex and stuff. <laughs> I haven't started reading it yet, but I'm looking forward to like a long series <laughs> with the same two characters, so I can watch their arc over time. And uh, that yeah, that's about it. I I do want to read more because. Reading is such a beautiful escape from the real world. It's so relaxing. It's one of those rare things you can do that doesn't require technology and you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I love my Kindle. I do most of my reading on there. Um, yeah. So those are my picks. Wow. Um, the book (laughs) that I'm reading, (laughs) it's, it's not that gay. Um, it's actually a book that my, my psychotherapist has uh, a suggest- suggested, but he pretty much assigned it to me. Um, it's called Reconciliation. It's uh, it's about it's by this Vietnamese uh, Buddhist. He's a monk. Sorry, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk who uh, writes about trying to heal uh, childhood trauma and suffering through like mindful practice and uh, offers insight on it. There's techniques and stuff to transform like anger, sadness and fear and how, you know, you can reconcile like things that happened in your, in your life as a child that you take with you uh, on your everyday life. Hmm. Okay. It's actually really, really insightful. It's actually kind of scary. Some of the stuff that I've read because a lot of it's pretty spot on. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, if you um if you kind of a fuck up, I have books for you to read. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> All right, thank you to people who support us on Patreon at the $10 level. 
been getting lots of activity from from there recently. I love it. All right, it's time Whoa. now for a game. This is from BuzzFeed. Got to give the pres- uh, credit to BuzzFeed, but I'm going to play it with Laura and Matt. Who said it? Steve Bannon or Lord Voldemort? Okay. Okay. So I'm, okay. I'm going to read you a quote, and it's either one of the two. Will this? Will the answers prove if uh, we'll be single for the rest of our lives, or when we're going to no, be it, married, it, or it, how many kids we're going to have? No, it proves that Steve Bannon is Lord Voldemort. Here's the first oh, okay. one. Ha! Spoken like a true politician. Oh, oh that's, that's Voldemort. Voldemort. Okay. You guys are virgin Deathly losers. Hall- yeah, Deathly Hollows. <laughs> right. Definitely were on a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring everything crashing down. That's Steve Bannon. That's Steve Bannon. Yeah, that is true. That was <laughs> an interview with the Daily Beast over uh, last summer. Beast. That scalp still has bloody flesh on it. Steve Bannon? Steve Bannon? That's correct. From the Shirley Sherrod libel suit. What? What is this man? Is this, this man's not real. I'm going to destroy you. After tonight, no one will ever question my power again. Voldemort. After tonight. <laughs> when they speak of you, they will only speak of how you begged for death. Ew, how do you know that? <laughs> You're right. Wow, yeah. you really are a loser. <laughs> Fuck you. Darkness is good. Steve Bannon. <laughs> That's Steve Bannon. That's right. In an interview in The Hollywood Reporter, he said, Darkness is good. Dick Cheney, Darth Vader, Satan, that's power. Oh wow. God. Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh my Dick Cheney, God. Satan, that's power. Uh... There is no good and evil. There is only power. And those too weak to seek it. Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort. of course. Fear is a good thing. Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yeah. Wow, you guys are really good at this. They're too gutless to face the enemy that's trying to destroy us. Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yep. We're going to have some dark days before we get to the blue sky of morning. Bannon. Bannon. Yep. Greatness inspires envy. Envy engenders spite. Spite spawns lies. Bannon. What is this? No, it's Yoda. (laughs) Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. What do you think it is, Matt? Uh, I think it's uh, Bannon. Er Er-er. Voldemort. What? Oh yep. shit. Lord <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> Greatest wow. inspires envy, envy engenders spite, spite spawns lies. <laughs> Lord Voldemort in Half Blood Prince. Oh yeah, but who read that book? <laughs> <laughs> Not Piers Morgan, apparently. <laughs> Top comment here on BuzzFeed. The trick is that the more the more articulate it sounds, the less likely Bannon said it. <laughs> That could be said a lot about his administration and the president. Bad dudes. All right. Uh, I know people. That was fun. Yeah, but people wanted to get more recommendations for us. We offered a couple throughout the show here, but uh, Matt, you wanted to make a recommendation. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm recommending this uh, this rap artist. His name is Chance the Rapper. He just won uh, best rap album uh, at the Grammys. He is adorable. First he of is all. very cute. Yeah, I agree. He is. And, uh, he's, he's, his album is amazing. Like, it's, like, Kendrick Lamar is amazing, but I think Chance the Rapper is prob, is probably my favorite new rap artist. 
And, um, a lot of it has, he, he incorporates a lot of soul and gospel, uh, music and style into his, into his, uh, songs. And I just really, really enjoy it. What's your favorite um, song? We'll play it at the end of the show. Right now it's, uh, Sunday Candy. Okay. Wow. That, that must be a, uh, uh, it's not in the Spotify top 10. No, no, it's, it's not by, it's not by, uh, it's, it, Chance the Rapper, he was also part of a group. Oh, so what is it called? Uh, Sunday Candy. Sunday Candy, okay. Laura, do you got any recommendations for everyone? Um, let me think. Put you on the spot. I, I know, apologize. you did, you did, just like you did when you made me talk about being single. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I think I would just recommend, you know, people, America, we just all need to what? take a few years off, what? just like be by ourselves. What a and terrible, tequila. terrible recommendation. <laughs> Some red wine, a lot of red wine. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, I'm saying that perhaps maybe we don't need a leader for these next few years. I think we'd actually do well, better with that one. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I don't think we got one now. I would recommend in line with what I said earlier, reading. You got to read more. You got to escape yep. more. And if, if, if carrying around books annoys you, I really recommend the Kindle. They are so good. And I think they're pretty affordable as well. There, there are a variety of different options that you can get, but Amazon just does such a great job um, with the Kindle device, so I would definitely recommend it. Uh, pick up some fiction. Maybe some fantasy. You like Harry Potter? Somebody actually gave me a recommendation the other day, a fantasy series. He's raving about it, and he said there's a gay character in it. Uh, uh, it's a hot prince who's bise- who is a bisexual playboy. The name of the book is... Shades of Magic. It's the Shades of Magic series. And actually, he was telling me about it the other day because it was just on sale on Amazon, the Kindle edition, and it still is $2.99. It is by V.E. Schweb. Oh, you know oh. this is a good author because they they shortened the, the, their first name down oh, to two initials. So it's E.L. So James's it, other pseudonym. Or J.K. Or J.K. Rowling, Rowling yeah. Why did you, you sounded like you recognized that name, Laura. No, no, no I'm yeah, just, I'm laughing it because I was about to make the joke that it was by E.L. James. Oh. And then you read the name <laughs> and it's like, whatever shades of whatever the fuck the title was. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> this first book is called A Darker Shade of Magic from the Shades of Magic series. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for, there's, there's three books out right now. The first one is $2.99 on Kindle. Oh my god! Are good. My friend raved about it. So I bet I could write some like shitty pornographic fan fiction and publish it, self-publish on Amazon with the word "shade" in the title, and make a lot of money. I'm gonna try it. Maybe, maybe I'll self-publish my Never Sever Us fan fiction. <laughs> Please do on Amazon. You know. A lot of people want a physical copy of the book, and I'm trying to figure out how to do that on the cheap. So if anybody has any good recommendations to get a good book printed, let me know. I mean, a good quality book. Why don't we do like a contest, and then we'll just print a couple of them? A contest for what? For the book. To win it? To to win a hardcover book. No, fuck that. People are paying for my work. Give it away. (laughs) What are you talking about? I think that violates copyright law. 
Does yeah, it? I'm sure it does. I think you're going to have to change I, their names. All you have okay. to do is just change their names. That's exactly what E.L. James did. Right, right. Exactly. You can call me A.J. Sims. <laughs> From A.J. Sims, the debut novel, Never Sever Us. I'm going to sign copies. I'm going to write a bonus a bonus chapter or two. Give people good reason to buy it. People are interested. So, you know, I got to give the people what they want. You got to give them a series. Like Severus Freed. I know what Laura wants us right now, this episode to end. Mm-hmm. So visit millennialshow.com and get information you need about this show. We would love your support on Patreon, patreon.com slash millennial. It's what keeps this show going. It's just that simple. <laughs> so we appreciate your support over there to the 676 mm-hmm. people who are supporting us right now. Yes, please help. Please, please help. Please, please clap. <laughs> No, it, it is what, uh, you know, most of us are busy people, not not Matt so much, but the rest of us are busy, and your support on Patreon helps us keep the show a priority. We need money. We're, we're, we're saving for Friday. We're saving for Saturday, as Elisa puts it. Matt, what are you doing? I'm doing the, the ASPCA commercial. Oh. Wow. Why? Because okay. because it's sad. We hope you all enjoyed last... Like- <laughs> Last week, after dark, when we were talking about, uh, what was that? The Bowling Green, the tragedy mm-hmm. there. We had fun with that. Oh, I forgot. This week, we're going to talk about some real events that actually happened. Not Kellyanne Conway approved. What are we talking about in After Dark today, Laura? I'm going to be talking about extreme weather events. Uh, as some of you may have heard, there have been tornadoes in Louisiana, a mega snowstorm is moving into the Northeast, and there's flooding in Northern California, as Matt mentioned at the top of the show. So we're going to be talking about our experiences with extreme weather events and the best way to stay safe. What is going on in this country? Crumbling weather. $27 to fix the weather. <laughs> Here's some- what was that? Is that Wolf Blitzer or, or Bernie Sanders? $27 should have cued you off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Here's Sunday Candy from little-known rapper Chance the Rapper. We'll see everybody next time. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, I'm Andrew, so by long. the way. Oh, yeah, I'm Laura. Uh, I mean, I'm Matt. So. I am the thesis of her prayers. Her nieces and her nephews are just pieces of the layers. Only one she loves as much as me is Jesus Christ and Taylor. I got a feature song singing for my grandma. You sing it, too, but your grandma ain't my grandma. My...